edition of Under the Floorboards, where you laugh at the creatures that go bump of the night. I am your host, John, joined as always by my beautiful co-host, Eric. Eric, how are you today? I'm fucking fabulous, dude. A little smiley today, too. A little smiley. A little smiley. Ear to ear. (laughs) Let's put a smile on that. I'm glad we got that. (laughs) I was like over under on how quickly John quotes the joke in this movie. (laughs) Honestly, it took a lot longer than I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in case you guys couldn't guess, we watched Smile this week, which, I mean, if you couldn't guess, it's probably because you didn't even read the... (laughs) Yeah, stop clicking on shit without reading it. (laughs) That's how how you get to the bad point. Yeah, yeah. That's why people have political opinions that they have. They don't read. (laughs) Well, this week we watched one of the highest grossing horror films this year, and quite frankly, neither one of us understand why. Uh, smile grossing in at $200 million. Yeah. Yeah, man, this is the product of COVID for me. This is like, okay, <laughs> we, we've got, we, we're coming, like you brought up earlier, we're coming off of Barbarian and Terrifier 2 this year. And it's like, we can go to theaters and actually watch horror movies. Again, right. right. You know, um, so that to me is probably inflated for that reason. We're also coming off of notably X earlier this X year well. with yeah, Pearl happening later on mm-hmm. in the year. Yep, and so big year for horror for sure in terms of these new titles and things mm-hmm. like that coming out. So unfortunately, this is just the worst one that I've seen. A hundred, so, no, a hundred percent. I was completely heartbroken for watching this movie. Yep. Especially because the ratings across the board. I mean, you and I don't pay attention to ratings, but they're yeah. relatively high. <laughs> can, you know, we do so that we can yell at IMDb. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, so d- uh, diving into it, uh, Eric, what was our itinerary for this? Because there was a lot of like top names in this movie. This had a fucking cast, yeah. And like, thank God they made that two hundred. Kumar was in this <laughs> fucking movie. <laughs> Uh, Parker Finn directing and writing this guy 2022. Like we mentioned, this movie is long as fuck, clocking it at one hour and 55 minutes. Uh, Stop doing that. Everybody that makes horror movies, don't do that again. (laughs) Sosie Bacon as Rose Cotter. Jesse T. Usher as Trevor. Say it. Usher? No. A-Train, baby. (laughs) A-Train, baby! There we go. Kyle Gallner as Joel, Robin Wager as Dr. Madeline Northcott, Caitlin Stacy as Laura Weaver, and uh, Cal Penn, Kumar, <laughs> Dr. Morgan Desai, Rob Morgan as Robert Talley, uh, Jillian Zinser as Holly, Judy Reyes as Victoria Munoz, Jack Sochit as Cal Rinkin. I'm going to stop there. Yeah, I'm just glad you got to Carla. Uh, so yep. Judy Reyes, I loved her in Scrubs. I thought she was absolutely phenomenal. Yep. Uh, there again, there's like so much like top billing cast in this, like, and actually it was, yeah, when we, uh, met, uh, Kyle Gallner for the first time, this is the first time I've seen him since he was acting when he was younger. Mm -hmm. Uh, so those of you who have listened to our red state Mm -hmm. episode, he plays Kyle Mm -hmm. in, uh, in red state. And I was like, Oh my God, what the fuck? Like he's still in horror somehow. Um, great actor, like mm-hmm. no no issues with him uh, whatsoever. And actually, he, I actually can go as far to say that I think he gave the second best performance in this movie. Probably, uh, probably would agree with behind that. Sosie Bacon because with all the issues that I had with this movie, Sosie Bacon really did make the movie move. 
Right. It didn't just feel like a standing picture. I completely agree. And like generally speaking too, I think everybody that was in this movie, especially everybody that I just listed, fucking acted their asses off. In this yeah. Movie. I will say that was a redeeming quality of this movie is yeah. everybody <laughs> is clearly like we got like industry vets in here. I love mm-hmm. I love the rookie coming mm-hmm. in and like giving a killer performance and that kind of thing. No pun intended. But like when everybody is just a heavyweight, it's like, okay, <laughs> you know, it feels different. You know All what I mean? All of the actors and actresses, uh, Definitely Alex Daddario. This yes. where they overacted yep. the roles that they mm-hmm. were given, which was so necessary. It was like, thank God. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because the writing and storytelling standpoint of this wasn't my favorite. Yeah. So on that note, what was your what Let's, was your first you impression? Want to go the yeah. impressions. Yeah. This is this is one for me that I probably will forget that I watched. <laughs> like, Eric, did you see that movie? I don't think so. Let's get one more forty lice house. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Technically, they're 42s. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) I'll go on an ice house diatribe later. Anyway, um, yeah, man, like... It was so long. It was just too long for what happened. This, this, you could have squeezed this into forty-five minutes if you wanted yeah. to. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. The long takes and the ancillary scenes that just kind of supported the story but didn't really drive it at mm-hmm. all. It was just like, did we need that? Yeah, it comes across as super trite and unnecessary. Yeah. And it, you know, it's funny because I think when I talked about Terrifier two. It was one of those things where, like, my only complaint about the movie was the fact that it was two and a half hours long. Mm-hmm. Or almost two and a half hours. I mm-hmm. think it was, like, 2.18 by the end of it. That movie still feels like an hour and a half, dude. That's and, what, were, and that's what I'm saying. Yeah. is like, that whole plot drove and came together and all of the scenes felt necessary. It never stopped. Whereas this... There's so many scenes where there's just 10 minutes of just <laughs> Somebody, <funny>. like, <laughs> walking down a hall. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Totally. It, it felt like the, the never-ending story, which is why I think I was doing the, oh, like, mm-hmm. it, was, it was just so, it, it was insane to me that there were so many scenes that were so drawn out. And part of that, too, uh, was there were a lot of scenes where they would have, like, someone's driving and they would just, like, show the journey, I guess, like they would in the ring. Mm-hmm. But instead, they would, like, slowly turn the camera upside down. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so hungover. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, man. That's another thing that I want people to stop doing. Unless it's imperative that, like, from the perspective of where the camera's pointing, that the object that's watching the object that it's pointed at is upside down, the camera has no business being upside down. Sam Raimi didn't do it in Evil Dead. You don't have a fucking reason to. I'm Some sorry. Some people have vertigo. <laughs> You know what I mean? And they don't list that on IMDb when it's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? There's no trigger warning for vertigo. Like, I get strobe warnings for people with epilepsy and shit like that, or people that are sensitive Mark to light that. and that kind of thing. You know what I mean? Here's the thing, though. Fucking vertigo. <laughs> that is a different kind of discomfort, my guy. It's just Count Vertigo in the background, yeah. just like spinning the camera. Their comics are great. But... Yeah, yeah. The, the comics are fun. The comics also don't go upside down. Right. <laughs> So let's yeah. jump right in, yeah, shall j- we? Jump, j- shall we? So we start with like one of my favorite things to usually start off with, which is some bitch that's ODing in her. That's bed. a dead body. <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow! That's a dead body. <laughs> and then we there's like this very much elongated shot of you know pills are scattered everywhere and. She's laying face first down into the bed, and I guess there's, like, spittle or vomit or something Mm -hmm. next to her mouth, and we're like, okay, she's fucking dead. Cool. 
Let's move on to the next scene. By the way, that does not even come up until the end of the yeah. fucking movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Um, so we start off, um, we find out that our main character, uh, Rose Cotter, or uh, Dr. Cotter, Susie ba- Sozie Bacon. Mm-hmm. And, and, yep. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's hard, isn't it? <laughs> uh, she is having a conversation with a guy who looks like a beaver with his smile. Mm-hmm. That we'll see later. He's not quite in that yet. He, she's having this breakdown communication with him and he's having an existential crisis saying you're gonna die my mom's gonna die i'm gonna die die." and she starts like gaslighting and be like you're not gonna die i'm like why are you lying to Mm -hmm. him (laughs) everybody dies doctor (laughs) you fucking idiot (laughs) so he's he's in manic episode mode right and he's like inconsolable there are tears at this point and that kind of thing um and I think we like. I feel like we can just kind of move through this plot, man. Like I'm. I, yeah, I don't know that we need to be super detailed with this one because there least, aren't any. <laughs> there is at least fifty minutes of this movie where nothing is happening. <laughs> we, we meet Doctor Desai, and he is um, played by Cal Penn. Yeah, and he's having the conversation with Doctor Cotter or Rose. I'll probably keep calling her Doctor Cotter. Um, Welcome back, Cotter. Yeah, <laughs> I can't believe Eric sat through this whole movie with me making that joke the entire time she would like come back to the hospital and i'm like welcome back cotter (laughs) keeps looking at me a little harder every time i'm just like i'm not acknowledging that oh it's a lot harder (laughs) (laughs) dr desai is concerned that she has been at the hospital for like however many straight days Mm. in a row right and it's like you need to get some rest kind of thing right well so we meet the other patient first before they this have, is the same yeah, he yeah, has yeah, this yeah. same conversation with her like seven times this is oh, where he right. and because because she grabs her coat to mm-hmm. leave and as soon as she closes the door right. the phone rings we've got patient number two right mm-hmm. who is Laura 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 <laughs> Uh, so we meet her, and by the way, Laura is the character that you see in every fucking advertisement for this mm-hmm. movie period mm-hmm. like across the board she is eighty percent of it and she is in. About four more minutes of this movie. This <laughs> she has this scene and mm-hmm. then she shows up like twice. Yeah. So the scene happens with uh, Dr. Cotter and Laura. And Laura has just experienced a lot of trauma. She just watched her uh, college professor. Yeah. I just murder himself. No. With... Bludgeon himself. Sorry. <laughs> Bludgeon himself to death with a claw hammer. Yeah. <laughs> like, my thing is, I get that it's supposed to be gruesome and suicidal and all of this shit. If I hit myself with a claw hammer, it's lights out. Yeah. Like, I'm either dead or I am in a coma right. or I am asleep. Right. <laughs> what it reminded me of was that episode of SpongeBob where Patrick's trying to copy SpongeBob so he can get an award. <laughs> And he hits himself repeatedly with a hammer until he like goes dizzy, and it is, it, I, that, it's so, it's yeah. a weird way to choose to go. You know what? I mean? <laughs> and she starts talking about how she's not crazy, and or Laura is explaining the fact that she's not crazy. She is seeing these fucked up scenarios that are happening around her, and she's seeing this smile that is following her everywhere. And she starts to explain the fact that this guy, or not this guy, but this entity Mm -hmm. if you will is following her everywhere and it's taking on the shape of people that she knows 
And the weird part about this, and they touch on it a couple of times throughout the movie, is some of the people are dead and some of the people are alive. It just takes on, I guess, whatever fucking yeah. form it so chooses. It's like a memory. She also mentions that sometimes it's just strangers that she has, like, it's a yeah. stranger. And it's like, he's like a human, but it's like not like a human. And Dr. Cotter is kind of like, I don't understand what you mean. She's like, no, you're not fucking listening to you're me. You're not listening to me! Right. <laughs> and I felt that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anybody that's been to therapy. Um, but yeah, man, it, it the... The weird part about this scene is this is where I have this image in my head of realizing that I've seen this movie already. <laughs> yeah, right? if you guys have you listened I mean? to From Within, <laughs> that's this movie. Well, well, I will say From Within's a good movie. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just like okay, we're witnessing suicide, and now we're like feeling the, suffocation. Some, no something breathing. is haunting me about this and it's not just trauma yeah and it's just like nah, uh oh yeah <laughs> how much longer in this hour 45 got it yeah <laughs> i paused the movie for the first time and he goes oh my god we still have another hour of this <laughs> uh so uh whilst uh having this therapy session did you just say whilst yeah hell yeah <laughs> A man of culture. <laughs> I'll drink to that. I'm not making fun of you. I say that all the time and I get shit for it. Oops. Yeah, well, when I realized that my writing had too many asses in it, because yeah. I was like, ass, 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 mm. ass. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like, oh, well, whilst. <laughs> Boom. Boom. Anyways, uh, so in this same scene, I guess... We don't perceive it yet because they don't show it on camera for us. Mm -hmm. But Laura perceives the smile from Dr. Connor, Mm -hmm. which means that this entity is in the room. It has taken shape and she's having this like full on fucking meltdown. Mm Dr. Cotter turns around, she grabs the emergency phone, which I guess is just a lot. If y'all work in a hospital, let me know this because I didn't realize this. Mm -hmm. There's no numbers on mm-hmm. the, like the emergency phone. Yeah, yeah, which for me, it's like, okay, but usually buildings like that have extensions. Sure. So you'd be like one, two, or fucking whatever. So yeah. one, two pound and send you to wherever you need to be. Uh-huh. I just thought that was really interesting. And in my experience, if you needed to call a nurse or something, you were having an emergency, you would have a button that was like on you or beside exactly. you or something. The, exactly. The phone being there was weird. It is interesting to me that it was read like Batman's one-way phone. <laughs> But even that one had numbers. I'll be right there, Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> so she calls She calls whatever line in the hospital. Is like, I need backup right now. A patient's having a fucking mental breakdown. And she's very quick to jump on that in like almost every situation. Mm-hmm. Like, she's like, shit is happening. Get here now. It's like, But never does anything to prevent the shit from no, actually following no. through. So she turns around and... So the room is just a square. It's not very big. So I don't understand why it took so long for the camera to pan Mm -hmm. to Laura, who's just standing there smiling. Because in my head, it's like, okay, like we said, we just came off watching Terrifier. Why didn't you just use those sharp cuts? I know. Because I feel like sharp cutting to like that fucking grimace, that Mm -hmm. smile, is what that movie was shooting for. Right. So why, <laughs> why are we panning yeah. in a fucking 18 by 20 room <laughs> yep. to just be like, 
Oh fuck! <laughs> and, and suspense is one thing, but there, like when you know what's coming, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it feels like you just wasted like eight or nine opportunities to get a quick jump scare, like a cheap one. Yeah. You know what I mean? For but that, that also that cheap jump scare is not even cheap when you're at having an extended scene like that. Yeah. Because really, what you're doing is you're progressing the story mm-hmm. along. True. Yeah. And instead, we're fucking being cocked to the, uh, <laughs> to yeah. this extent of uh-huh. like, when is it going to happen? When is it going to happen? When is it going to happen? Yep. Because, like, I'm one of those people that, like, when I'm waiting for a jump scare, I'm literally just waiting for it. Mm Because I already know that it's coming. Mm -hmm. And I think this movie did a miserable job of having jump scares that should have been there. That's what I'm saying. And it's, yeah. it was insane to me. It's, like, it's very inexpensive to just get a sharp cut in there to generate Yeah, that, You know what I mean? It, like, <laughs> just do it. Uh, so, anyways, Laura stands up. Or I'm going to get t-shirts that just say so anyways. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Laura stands up, and she now has the smile on her face, like that coveted uh, point of the movie. And she's talking to Dr. Cotter. Or she's not even talking. She's just staring down mm-hmm. Dr. Cotter. And she, when she had freaked out earlier, she had broken like a vase or something when she flipped out of her chair. So now she has a piece of ceramic in her hand mm-hmm. that she's just carving her face mm-hmm. ear to ear with. with <laughs> there is no semblance in her face of anything happening during this scene. No remorse, no pain, no hesitation. Yeah, like... The, the face, it, like, her head was even completely still while the whole body was moving. Like, if you've ever seen, like, people mm-hmm. that dance and they can, like, freeze a part of their body oh, yeah. while everything... Else, that's, that's what it reminded me of. Just dance! Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, that's gonna be stuck in my head all day. God damn you, Joe. God, God damn you, Joe. We kind of understand what it does now. Because now Dr. Cotter is infected. Yep. In our minds, right? Yep. And it's, again, it's pretty clear because like this, I you know, I'm not going to harp on it too much. because It's it's certainly I not. Will. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's certainly farther away from stealing somebody else's idea than I intend this to sound. But there are tropes and there are cliches. And then there's just straight up telling a plot that's already been told, right? You know what I mean? And so like... It like I'm not mad about it, <laughs> but you sound it, mad. Yeah. It, well, yeah. Um, you sound like they're cruising for a bruise. I'm pretty mad. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty a little mad right Welcome now. Welcome back, Connor. Yeah, man. So it, and it's just like God damn it. So she's infected, like you said, and and we're doing this thing now where like the investigators are showing up, and it's like. I, I'm still pissed that she's not done anything to like prevent the murder from happening, like or the suicide from happening, because like now you're a murder suspect, you know. What I mean? <laughs> so now police have to come and question you. They would have been there anyway, certainly. But it's like now that like the investigators show up. Uh, one of them is cheeky as fuck, and the other one is Joel, mm-hmm. and we meet Joel. The one who's cheeky as fuck actually now ne- we will never see again in this movie. He just stopped, <laughs> stopped caring, or stopped, got moved to a different he case. He didn't care when he like showed that. up. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, he never cared. Yeah. Because <laughs> they, uh, Detective Joel mm-hmm. and Detective whoever sit down and they're talking to Ro- or Rose mm-hmm. and they're just like trying to get information, but they don't really talk about anything. And she explains it. And the one who doesn't give a fuck was really just like, oh, that's so crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, uh, Detective Joel is like, I'm about to get me some of that. Yeah. 100%. I'm <laughs> about to get me some of that rosebud. Rosebud. <laughs> it was there the whole time. 
It means vagina. It means vagina. They're whispering hi. <laughs> um, so um, paranoid delusions are what they write this off to. Right. right? Or write this off as, I should mm. say. And we get a cut. Dr. Cotter is driving home. Um, and it's like it late. Finally, she gets out of the hospital or whatever. Mm. Um, and she's made herself a cup of tea or something like that. Feeding the cat, that kind of mm-hmm. thing. But all of the lights in the house are off except for the kitchen, which is weird for me. I, like, sure, you know what I mean? Like the main living space in my house is usually lit if people are awake. I do have a friend who, when their partner is not home, they will turn all of the lights off in their house if they're just like scrolling on their phone on Instagram. Just go shit. dark mode. Yeah, just yeah. go dark mode. Yeah. And they're just like, you know you can leave a light on, right? Yeah. Yeah. Why would I pay for it? <laughs> it's like my dad when I would like I saw a meme the other day, like when, when dad comes home and realizes from vacation and realizes that you left your bedroom light on. <laughs> it's this guy, like, he's got like a Vietnam thousand mile stare going you know what I mean? No. Yeah. <laughs> It's awesome. We're traumatized. <laughs> but yeah, she she hears a, a, a sound and like drops the glass that she was holding. Oh, she's well, drinking she, wine, not tea. That's well, important. She, she also does see Laura. Like she she, yeah, yeah. Do, she sees her in like one of the one of those like if you've ever been to Target and when they started the blackout <laughs> series of like their uh like entertainment centers and shit, where it was like, here's a layer of glass, here's a layer of black. You can see this much much reflection in it. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Dude, you're white. How do you not know what I'm talking about? The Blackout series of Target. I don't know what that is. This is like years and years ago. They started making these uh, these entertainment centers that would have like almost uh, what's the shitty wood? Uh, not plywood. Plywood. It's not, it's not plywood. It's a uh, particle board. Okay. So they would have like black particle board and then put a layer of glass over front of it. So there was a little bit of reflective surface to it, but everything huh. behind it was still blacked out. So like the, what she had earlier looked exactly Got like it. that. Got it. Okay. It looked exactly like that. Okay. You're telling me you don't know shit about Target? Uh, we must have still been shopping at Walmart. I don't know. <laughs> not sure. I don't even believe that. No, I, I, <laughs> I remember when I was living in Raleigh and we got a super target, which is what regular targets are just called now. They were targets with grocery stores. They were called super targets. Right. It was like a big fucking deal. They had like cheerleaders from the high school outside of it and shit that that were like celebrating. It's funny that like Target notably has the worst food I've ever seen in a store. (laughs) The fact that... I I don't go to Target, dude. I don't know. The the fact that there is even produce in that place makes me want to (laughs) die. It's probably more than fair. Speaking of dying. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, she drops her wine glass and shatters across the ground. And it's actually uh, A-Train, baby! Yeah, which is crazy. <laughs> My oh shit reactions to this movie were people that I recognized. Were like seeing another actor, another right. actress come in. You know, it was funny. And he's like, yo, what the fuck was that? <laughs> which we find out is actually her fiancé. Yeah. Um, Trevor, Trevor, that's his name. His name. Yeah. We find his name out much, much later in this movie. <laughs> While they're like texting. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he's ta- he starts talking to her about how she's had a stressful day. She watched somebody kill himself kill themselves in front of her. And he was like, Well, maybe we shouldn't go to dinner tonight. Yeah. And he she was like, No, I need to get out. I need to get out of my head. Mm-hmm. Let's go. 
but what we didn't realize is so everybody just went through Thanksgiving, right? So, yeah. <laughs> so she's having dinner w- with her sister and her piece of shit husband. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't catch that at first in my commentary on the conversation we had. Is like, why are y'all fucking friends? Y'all hate each other. <laughs> why is everybody so mean? Yeah, they're throwing fucking curse words around like more than like like aggressively. I realize that's fucking funny coming from John and I to talk about that in a negative light, but it's just like don't, don't curse at me, you son. I don't bitch. like aggressively swear at people. You know what I mean? No. Like like when I'm having like dinner you and know actually, what i'm saying like bury your emotions and be an adult a little bit over there you know what i mean it's funny you say that because uh when i get into arguments i actively don't curse yeah uh because i think it shows a point that i am trying to be respectful and, and be clear and be uh, clear about yeah. what i'm saying mm-hmm. because as you guys have heard on here i can be just like fuck 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 but great. like <laughs> eric cartman <laughs> fuck 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 yeah i'm just a. Uh, an older, t- luckily taller Eric Cartman, or I'd be as fat as that little portly bastard. <laughs> Fucking love South Park. Yeah, I've been eating too much of that uh, Mr. and Mrs. Biederman chili. <laughs> My favorite Cartman moment about food is where he uh, like sneaks into the kitchen and eats all of the skin off the KFC. I would fucking kill that. <laughs> I... So here's my thing with that episode. Before we get back into the nonsense, we got to make this an hour and a half. I don't know what you want. If I walked in and someone ate all of the skin off of chicken, I don't care. I don't even care if it's fried. I don't care if it's just thighs that you got at the store. I would kill you while you're awake. The last thing that you would see is me if you ate all the skin <laughs> off the fucking chicken. How the fuck are you going to eat the best part? It's true. And I, it's like, I'm not even really mad about the skin being gone as much as I am the fact that that fucker, like, 100% touched all of the chicken. You know? <laughs> you know? I'm, I'm the germaphobe. And he's a chef. So if that tells you how fucking sanitary my shit is, it freaked me out. Anyway, okay, uh, that was about sixty seconds. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> so, we can we can get back so, to the story. So, anyways, we're in the dinner scene, and the sister is like kind of being a bitch. My bigger, here's my bigger issue. Luckily, I don't deal with this because I do love my brother-in-law. I think he's awesome. Even even just being a train in mm-hmm. this situation, I will not refer to him as anybody else at mm-hmm. this point. Yeah. If my sister-in-law's husband. Mm-hmm. Was talking to my future partner the way that he was. I'd have bodied that. We would dude. have had some some fucking exchanges. Because he's pretty much call- so the brother-in-law is pretty much calling her stupid for instead of doing private psychiatry, she does she works at the hospital mm-hmm. because she likes to help people because her mother killed herself because of her mental issues. A hundred percent. And this entire conversation started from the sister guilt bombing. Dr. Cotter rose yeah. into, um, like, just, she did not want to, she's like, I have to work on Saturday, you know, mm-hmm. and that's how this whole thing, because, like, it was about her son's, the sister's son's seventh birthday party. Yeah. I don't have a whole lot of friends that have kids right now. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like, that's just what my circle is. I only have godchildren. <laughs> um, there's something to me that feels weird about forcing people to come to a child's birthday party that are sure. adults. You know sure. what I mean? It should be about the kid. I get like the family element and that kind of thing, but yeah, like yeah, it yeah. should be about the kids' friends coming. That should be priority number one yeah. and making it about the child. So the fact that this whole thing started over like this innocuous. Mm-hmm. kind of doesn't matter problem it was just like y'all have some y'all have some <laughs> issues 
Which was why I was on board with, like, I don't know why the fuck you're having dinner with these people. Like, y'all do not get along with each other. <laughs> I did think it was really funny that, like, they were clearly at, like, some Americana soul restaurant mm-hmm. or whatever. Kind of swanky. Yeah. Maybe a little bit. It's more like a Six and Vine vibe. Yeah. They're eating on a patio. That, yes. That's that's fine dining to me. <laughs> oh, my God. We get to eat outside. Like, the... Never mind. Yeah. You know, my dad just didn't like eating outside, so we never did. So I feel like I'm having a yeah, fucking... Yeah, you're paying ex- money. Why the yeah. fuck would I go outside? Yeah, that's that was what his whole thing was. It's like, I enjoy camping. <laughs> I'm not going to pay to camp somewhere. Dude, I'm fighting off the flies and shit. It's 89 degrees, 100% humanity in fucking April like it is here in North Carolina and that kind of thing. And I'm just like, this is the best ever. I got a Belgian waffle and a fucking... You know. Yeah, so we do have this like little breakdown. Or so What I was going to say about the food was yeah. it was just funny to me that all of them had the exact same sides and the only thing that changed between each plate was the protein yeah like i'm pretty sure the brother-in-law had like short rib or something like that and then one had salmon two of them had chicken mm-hmm. like it was it was just really funny because like in a restaurant it's so often that people will be like no all the same mm-hmm. all the same all of the same, but I want it like this. Right. There's always that dude. And inevitably that plate does not show up in front of the guy that had the picky fucking order. So they curse each other out and I guess finish their meal because... Yeah, because that's, that's usually what the They just cut comes. it there, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, and then we move forward. We're into Joel showing up at... Rose's place of work at the hospital. She's back at the hospital and Joel's shown up and he's like, hey, uh, you know, he's like leaning on the fucking counter. He's like, "Uh, we didn't really like, you know, get a chance to like talk, talk yesterday. Yeah, he's like swinging the whole time. It's really uncomfortable. I just feel like, I don't know. I feel (laughs) like. It's so uncomfortable. It was a lot of that going on and she is kind of like, whatever. And just walks away. felt like a predatory cop. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And it and it was it was the um, the recep. It's not a receptionist. I need to anyway. It was the person behind the counter was like, you know, she's engaged, right? But, but I'm but saying. I'm saying, <laughs> which is fucking funny. I was really hoping. Good laugh. So Good laugh out I, the, I, I will say I would like to point out that the person behind the counter was African American. I was really hoping that she was going to be like, yeah, she's engaged. To a black guy. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And just shit on the detective. You don't have a fucking prayer, dude. (laughs) Swinging. Mm. (laughs) If you don't get that, that's because you haven't subscribed to our Patreon. Which I think is a good time to talk about Let's it. Let's go for it. Uh, so we're You're actually... so fucking good at throwing that in. So... <laughs> <laughs> so... We're doing our Patreon drive right now. We're trying to hit 50 patrons a month. And once we do, we're going to release our episode zero. You thought Creep was our first episode? Nah, dog. (laughs) Idiots. So you know what you can do? Because you're like, wow, what if they don't have enough followers? You know what you do? You go to our Instagram at under the floorboards five. You share, you like, you follow, you boochie. A hundred percent. Give it to us, son. Please boochie me. (laughs) Because once we get to that point, we already have so many things available for each tier between three and $666. There is so much room for everything that you get. Especially, I'll just talk about the $3 tier for a second, which is <laughs> <laughs> which is early access to episodes. You also get exclusive episodes, such as Red State, mm-hmm. you know, from, like, you know, Kyle Galliner being in 
um, as well as 10% off of merch, and there's so much more shit to come. So please check us out, our patreon.com slash under the four words five, and show us some love. I'm also just going to throw this out here. Nobody subscribed to our 666 tier yet. You really want to be that first guy. Yeah. You really want to be that first fan. You will be immortalized. <laughs> I will shout you out every episode. You know why? Because at that point, every episode is brought, <laughs> is brought to you by this. <laughs> Back to our regularly scheduled program. Hell yeah. Rated TV MALSV. And we are back. So now we are having another interaction with Carl. Right. Carl! Because she walks past the room where he is staying. Mm-hmm. And he's sitting up on his bed like Forrest Gump style, but he's got the smile. Yeah, we see the smile. Uh-oh. Again. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Good morning. And she, my, this is like my favorite double take because they actually walk, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They walk past the door because the uh, the camera is parallel mm-hmm. with uh, Sosie Bacon's character, or Dr. Cotter. Mm-hmm. And they pass the door and she's like, that was weird. And she like steps back and the camera just steps back with her and we just have that, that shit eating mm-hmm. grin behind her. And... This was something I actually really liked about this movie. Mm-hmm. And this is probably the only movie, or this is probably the only moment I will say this about mm-hmm. for this movie. Uh, she starts having, or Carl starts having the same dialogue that he has with her mm-hmm. earlier with, I'm going to die. My mom's going to die. Everybody's going to die. And then he flips it and starts looking at her go, you're going to die. You're going to die. You're going to die. So she has this fucking meltdown. She's falling out the trim of the door mm-hmm. and she's grabbing onto it and she just yells out down the hall, somebody help, we have a 5150 in here. I can't believe I fucking remembered that. <laughs> We've got a 5150 going on in here. We need help My immediately. My favorite Van Halen album. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's Van Halen, not Van Hagar. But, <laughs> but uh, so we have everybody come in and the shot changes mm-hmm. to Carl is on the bed. Yeah. And he's like sprawled out and he's having like his own mental breakdown mm-hmm. because he obviously has his own fucking issues and mm-hmm. shit. But he is terrified of her. But he is terrified right. of this woman. So it's like <laughs> maybe the crazies can actually see. Hey, there we go. <laughs> yeah. Hard cut to her boss's office and he's like, here's what's going to happen. You're going to get a week off <laughs> and you're going to fucking rest. Again, her bo- her boss is Cal Penn. <laughs> It, it's it's funny to see him in like such an ancillary role. I, I like, love that he takes on like not like not that this role was especially serious, but just like non comedic roles in that kind sure, of thing. Yeah, like yeah, the, yeah. the range that he has is always so fucking. I, I still want to see him as Booster Gold. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Damn. Hot takes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd be down for Booster Gold, period. So <laughs> You know, actually, uh, in the end of Legends of Tomorrow, which if you guys have not watched that, it's fucking amazing. Uh, their series finale, mm-hmm. they do introduce Booster Gold. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Uh, whatever, the show's been over for like three years. Uh, it's not their, it's not <laughs> yeah. their fault. Yeah. Uh, but can you, can you take a guess who played Booster Gold? Nope. Turk Turkleton. <laughs> dope yeah i was like my man <laughs> double t in the morning double t in the morning <laughs> um so yeah we get into this like scene and everything's being shut down they're like sedating carl yeah. and tying him down to the bed yeah. 
poor fucking dude. Yeah, and again, they have that conversation with Cal Penn, and he he's not, like, gaslighting her. He is just kind of like, so literally yesterday, you watched a woman slit her throat right. in front of you. Right. Do you think? Like, maybe there's something going on there. Might want to process that a little harder. No, you know, IR or yeah. psychiatry. <laughs> We're immune to trauma. <laughs> um, so she gets her, her time off. And for the majority of the time, it's just kind of cutting back and forth between her, like, going over to her sister's house. And, like, mm-hmm. they have a phone call at first. I think they just have a phone call at this point. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, and she's like, okay, look. You don't have to come to the birthday party, but if you'll at least buy the kid a gift, that would be fantastic. Yeah. So he feels like you're participating. Like you love somehow. him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because he's, you can only buy a child's love. He's really into trains and that kind of thing. And as, as she's having this phone conversation, she looks out the window and on the, the um, concrete below, uh, she sees Laura again. Mm-hmm. And so it's another one of the, like, fuck. Like, you know. <laughs> it's, she's everywhere. Now. Yeah. Um, and even like the shots where she's at home, Laura is just fucking appearing there. Um, yep. also like, I gotta tell you, if your kid's into trains, bring them to, bring them to a psychologist. Like <laughs> when, when you are more socially inept than the Yu-Gi-Oh players, like <laughs> for context, uh, the, <laughs> the the card shop that's local to us, our our, our resident mm, local gaming yeah. store, is is next door to a uh, shop that exclusively sells model trains, mm. and it's just like like the the <laughs> frequency at which eighty year old men walk into the card shop is uh, astounding. They just like walk in, <laughs> smell the air, and leave. <laughs> right. I don't know if anybody's ever hung out with a Magic the Gathering player, but they don't smell good. Uh, the Yu-Gi-Oh players are first of all, actually no. That's the fucking Super Smash Brothers players. Yeah, I was I was yeah, gonna yeah, yeah. say I shower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm confusing my fandoms again. <laughs> the Yu-Gi-Oh players, however, well, they just can't look you in the eye. It's, <laughs> it's it's really awkward when like they're trying to learn magic and you're like, yeah, let's totally play, and you're like trying to talk to him and shit. And they're acting. Magic doesn't only have three decks. You can play other forms. <laughs> also, they're looking at you like if you. If they say something wrong or if they lose this game, they're going to be sucked into the Shadow Realm. And yeah, it's yeah. just fucking weird. Yeah, that's that's fucking trauma, dude. <laughs> you want to talk about shit. Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> Help me, Yuki! <laughs> Grandpa! <laughs> I feel... I get it. Um, so, yeah, we are back at the house. She has her conversation with her sister. She buys a train. She buys a train. Well, she bought the train. She's now really back at the house and the security system goes off. Yep. And it's another one of those, like, why are all of your fucking lights in your house off? It like, this is another thing for me, but like, when I was younger and I was like afraid of the dark and I would hear noises at night and that kind of thing, first instinct is to turn a light on. I need to be able to see. Right. right? Yeah. I already can't fucking see. So like having the lights off <laughs> amplifies the situation a little bit. Where am I at on the spectrum? I can't see the spectrum. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, it was it was so funny because uh, we have a train shows back up after she drops another glass. He just looks at her and goes, "Did you really drop another glass? Did you break another glass? <laughs> like I'm not made out of money." <laughs> Which I don't even know what he did. 
They they were uh, uh, two hours, and I don't know anything about most of the characters think, in this fucking movie. I, I think Trevor was driving a Tesla, and I know that she works at a hospital as a psychiatrist. <laughs> so it's like it, they're probably fine, despite yeah. brother-in-law's insistence that they're not fine. <laughs> it's all good because she's she's in like panic mode again, and it's like no, right. no, I'm fine, I'm fine. And he's like, no, you're not fine. Why are you home anyway? Aren't you supposed to be working? She's like, no, they gave me a week off because I'm I'm having I'm meltdowns psycho. at work. And he's like, do you want to talk about that? <laughs> She's like, no, I just want to find Mustache. Have you seen him? Yeah. Mustache is their cat, by yeah. the way. Stop naming your animals stupid shit. Yeah, please. I'm sorry. Like, this is my cat, Pizza. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to say it. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> this is my cat. Dog. <laughs> I'm not going to say it. I'd still rather have the listen than to make the joke. <laughs> so Anyhow. we have this five minute scene of her just like walking around with cat food. Yeah. <laughs> Again, just part of the reason yeah. this movie is so fucking long. And of course she doesn't find him at all. So we go to our first therapy scene, right? So bedtime for everybody. Um, she has a dream about... Um, witnessing her mom die Mm -hmm. and wakes her up they have like there's there's an exchange in the dream that doesn't matter but basically it jars her she wakes up and she decides like i need to investigate this a little bit more like it's time to like face this and really understand Mm -hmm. what's going on um which is super healthy (laughs) (laughs) remember your training (laughs) so So she she is a therapist yeah yeah so she um decide i don't i well, she's got to be a psychopharmacologist because she can yeah. administer drugs. She also can have access to audio that happens from the session. The sessions that, like, again, this is one of those things for me that I don't know how it works. I'm not going to pretend like I understand how it works. But she decides. She, so legally, this is federal and might be state by state uh-huh. basis as well. If you are the person that is therapizing, I mm-hmm. guess, um, said person. Mm-hmm. You are 100% allowed to listen to back and record and all of that kind of shit. Gotcha. Now, okay. if that is shared outside of yourself, that that's, is that's hella illegal. That's breach and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Totally, totally on board with all that. Um, so she is playing back the audio uh, to see if there's any clues in there. This is from the incident that she had with Laura. I'll be more specific. Mm-hmm. Um, and towards the end of the audio, there is a little kind of, it's not like a whimper, but it's a, there's like, she can hear a voice that wasn't. Mm-hmm. She she wasn't perceiving it while she was having this yeah. conversation, right? And the voice did say Rose. Okay, cool. Yeah. Okay, awesome. God bless fucking subtitles. A hundred percent. Because what I heard was, oh. <laughs> so, um, as she is leaning closer towards her laptop screen to make the audio louder, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> um, the apparition of Laura appears beside her. Rose! You know? <laughs> And she jumps, uh, grabs a knife out of her knife block, and turns around, and it's Trevor that was there the whole time. A train. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah sorry. Yeah, yeah. And um, he's he, like, "Yo, what?" He's the like, whoa, fuck? "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa." Okay, all right. I've been supportive, but I'm in self-preservation mode now. Yeah, this is still a white woman pointing a knife at a black man in so. a horror movie. <laughs> in a horror movie. So no. Just reading the terrain here, Rose. <laughs> That's really kind of like why he was like the most grounded character in all of this. Because his fear really comes from like a grounded place. Yeah. It's like, if somebody was holding a knife out at me when we're 
in the safety of our home. Mm -hmm. And you haven't called out either. You haven't been like, hey, A-Train, is that you? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, and I'm going to be a little, uh, not a little, I'm going to be fucking defensive too. So it's, I mean, it's one of those things for me where it's like, that was warranted. And I also like understand how his character progresses through the movie and how their relationship progresses as well. Um, So this is my favorite sequence because this is the thing that like, I think people forget about therapy is like therapists have therapists too. Yeah. (laughs) I'm your therapist's favorite therapist. (laughs) And actually I, I really loved uh, her therapist as Mm -hmm. well. I'm trying to remember the actress's name. I've seen her in a lot of things as well. I thought she did a phenomenal job in this. Robin Wiggert. Robin Wiggert. Yeah, she was... That was really good. That was really really off the cuff. I, um, I found it on my screen. <laughs> stop disenchanting this. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, she, uh, she did a phenomenal job as the role that she was cast in. And I think it's just therapy in general, but like... Even the first part of the conversation with him, I was like, why are we gaslighting her? Yeah, because it, it quickly turned into, do you think that the the things that you're seeing and the things that you're experiencing may have something to do with the fact that you never fully processed nor so, like sought help for, I almost said sook, <laughs> sought help for like when your mom killed herself? And she's like, no, I don't think that that's it. And, and we're both looking at each other like, why do you know that? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm sorry, did you dig up somebody's file? Yeah, yeah. she's playing back audio. Um, And so... Robin! Yeah. (laughs) So, um, we get a... Like, that that exchange happens, and we move forward, and uh, Rose has made her way to the birthday party anyway, despite, you know, she's trying to, like, okay, maybe I just need to be around people. Maybe Mm -hmm. I need to have some normal interactions. You know what I mean? This was the only part of the movie, to me, that felt like a horror movie. Yeah. Like, if I'm being being totally real, she shows up, she brings her present, everybody starts conversing, she's meeting some new people, it's present time. Actually, first of all, it is cake time, and I don't know how they expected this kid to blow out the candle when they put a fucking Roman candle in it. (laughs) (laughs) It is just a fucking geyser. Blow hard. (laughs) Quickly. Oh! (laughs) Oh! (laughs) So, uh, we get to present time and she starts having like mild reactions mm-hmm. to things that are happening around her. And then she sees one of the girls that she has mm-hmm. met who is now having the smile, mm-hmm. right? She's trying not to freak out. She's trying to not be herself either, I guess. And almost immediately they cut to, uh, the nephew mm-hmm. of, um, uh, of, of, Dr. Cotter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he opens the box. And who is it? It's fucking mustache. And his fucking mustache. Who's got like blood on his neck. Uh-huh. And like, I, it felt weird because at first it felt like he was clinging to life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Still I, hanging in there. <laughs> just hang in there, buddy. <laughs> Two lives left, bitch. <laughs> And she, up yours, Connor. <laughs> She's not a veterinarian. So, fucking, yeah. so she like, she immediately, because everybody loses their shit, obviously, mm-hmm. right? And she immediately runs over, grabs the cat, and is like, oh, this can't be fucking happening. This can't be fucking happening. Somebody fucking help me fucking fix this fucking, you know what I mean? And it's like, okay. They like, dropped all, like, time the, for you the to go. The movie was hard, but they dropped all their fucks in like yeah. this scene. Yeah. Time for you to go. 
That's I probably why I liked it. Was all the all the fuckage was right here. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Um, she turns. She sees Laura again. Now that the empty chair has been replaced with the apparition of Laura again, and she. Uh, was jump- it Laura? I, th- I think it was. Okay. I could be wrong. It, I couldn't yeah. tell because she and the other white girl that was like the character uh-huh. in that or in this scene. Yep. They looked so similar. Yeah. Six twenty-something um, uh, brunettes with a metal part. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so it's a little tough. Um, but she falls backwards into the glass table and slices Fucks herself up. the fu- Fucks yeah, herself of her up. arms and everything. So now she's screaming, and now it's like, "Oh my god, my blood's on my cat's blood!" <laughs> <You know? laughs> so they take her to the hospital, and yep. w- there's this weird scene where like A Train and Holly are like yelling at each other in silence on the other side mm-hmm. of the window. It's like, "It's your fault, motherfucker! Mm-hmm. Fuck you, bitch! It's your fault!" Like, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like, can't we just accept the fact that she's just crazy? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> can't we just come together? He um he comes in and has a conversation with her where she kind of like I, I, actually I think that this part was in the car scene later on, but anyway, like he has a conversation. We with jump her pretty much in. right into yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and she reveals that she is seeing things. She's seeing a person that was is the person that she witnessed when you know the the suicide happened mm-hmm. and everything. And he is like. He he's not only like beside himself, but he's also like not buying it. You yeah. know what I mean? He's he's in a little bit of denial right now and everything. It's not just denial. He's a, he even tells her like, "How am I supposed to respond to this?" He like, is how a am normal I to... human being, and how a normal <laughs> human being would respond to some somebody saying right. something like that to you and that kind of thing. And she goes into like, you know, you're not listening to me. You're not listening to me again. Echoing what Laura was saying mm-hmm. earlier in the in the movie and everything. So we're getting that. Okay, now I get it. Right. right. If it wasn't perfectly clear, it has been passed on to her, and she has to figure out how to fix this because she mm-hmm. is going to die. So now she's kind of figuring out what she needs to do from here. So she goes to find uh, the first victim's wife, mm-hmm. uh, Mrs. Which, Munoz, which is Mrs. Munoz or Carla from mm-hmm. Scrubs. We can call it Carla. Let's do yeah. Carla. Yeah. <laughs> Carla. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we meet her. Well, it, it feels bad even giving her a name because like this scene doesn't mean anything. Yep. It's literally like she shows up. Uh, her husband started drawing weird fucking pictures mm-hmm. of people like smiling. Of yeah, yeah, hundreds of them. <laughs> and that's the extent mm-hmm. of the scene. And this is like, you took up 10 extra minutes of my life. And all it's doing is reinforcing shit that we already know. Right? Yeah, like, exactly. We knew it affected other people. <laughs> we knew that it had, it, it, I almost said impregnated Rose. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Okay. It had impregnated Rose. <laughs> <laughs> But she leaves because she's asked to leave for disrespecting the dead husband and everything right. by suggesting that there's something supernatural happening. Which, again, proportionate response. That's yeah. a fucking weird thing to say. He was probably possessed. <laughs> he didn't mean it. He was possessed. So she goes back to Detective Joel's apartment yep. and asks him to do a bunch of illegal shit to be like... Hey, I need all of this information. Let me get some case I, files, uh, any photographs you may have. I also need your printer so I can take <laughs> these home with me. He's you like, know dude, what? I don't even have a fucking printer. I live in an apartment. <laughs> he still never talked to her. Talked to her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because Joel wanted it the whole mm-hmm. time, which was like weird for us because it was another undeveloped relationship. Because quite frankly, 
Like, I love the fact that A-Train was in this movie, but you could have cut him out and just had the Still would have had the same... Well, you could have had the duality between the detective and uh, and, uh, Rose herself, and that would have been a better story, and it wouldn't feel so fucking cluttered like it is right now. 100%. And, you know, because again, we're just, we're continuing to reinforce, lots of people have been involved in smiley suicides, right? Yeah. We're starting to see more smiles here and there around, like there was a um, poster that's up later on that had smiley. And mm-hmm. she receives a text from Trevor at some point that had a smiley in it and that right. kind of thing. So it's like, okay, yeah, I get there's, it. I get it. Yeah, I get there's it. smiles <laughs> everywhere in the movie. There's smiles in the prison. So Do you know who smiles in prison? I know. <laughs> no one. The Joker. Rapist. <laughs> right. Right. She makes it back home um, after, you know, basically uncovering like all of, not even uncovering, she's just given all of this police fucking shit Mm -hmm. right all this evidence of all this stuff going on and she comes home to like talk to trevor again and trevor's like hi your therapist (laughs) is here (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna have an intervention right fucking now (laughs) you know what i mean and it doesn't even they never even like the therapist is speaking to her and like i was worried about you i just came to check in on you or whatever Mm -hmm. he's like no i called her and she's like (laughs) cover blown and they get into like, we're about to fucking break up, aren't we? Well, I guess we should break up. Well, <laughs> you know, it's like, no, Trevor is, he, she accuses him of like not supporting her and not listening to her and that kind mm-hmm. of thing. All this dude has done this entire movie is support and listen to her. He yeah. lost the plot where she, when she, <laughs> when she started saying things like, I think I'm possessed by something that wants to make me kill myself. And he was like, nope. I'm calling somebody. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this by myself. And it's like, again, we're in like gaslighting city again. So, so she leaves and like a trains even just like, are you seriously fucking leaving right now? Yeah, it's I'm like... trying to help you. <laughs> so she goes to her sister's house. She goes to Holly's house and we again, just meet her fucking douchebag mm-hmm. of a brother-in-law. You going to come over to my house? You going to talk to me like that? He's like she's like motherfucker, I'm not even trying to talk to yeah. you. Back the fuck up. <laughs> and my fa- this is actually this is my favorite part in the entire movie is as he's talking to uh Rose, Holly comes up behind him and goes, "Shut up, go inside." I'm like, "I am inside." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's in the vestibule. <laughs> so then they have this uh, this family breakdown of like, it felt very much like uh, the Evil Dead remake where it's mm. just like, I was the older one who fucking left and was going crazy so that you could stay with our crazy mom mm-hmm. who killed herself. Like, there, there were a lot of like backhanded apologies too. A lot of like subliminal kind of underhanded. White people be com- like. Yeah, man. Very <laughs> passive aggressive conversations and that kind of thing. Which those are my least favorite like unproductive when we're trying to heal yeah don't 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 come after me for my shit when we're trying to heal you know what i mean uh so then we get to uh they finally like i I do want to note real quick that like she gets in her car is that what you were going to yeah okay sick go (laughs) yeah so the the conversation kind of disperses they kind of lose their shit on each other yeah because she is i mean rose is like yeah fuck you like are you kidding me like this how are you going to gaslight me about our mother being dead and me going crazy because of it when you weren't fucking there? Yeah. And it's amazing how often that trope kind of comes to light in a lot of these movies. 
I feel like it's always in the longer ones too. Yeah, I know, man. And it's it's like it's I, like develop it or don't. Or, man. Well, and it's like it's I, not film. <laughs> I saw Terrifier and Terrifier two this year, so I know that original ideas, like relatively speaking, still exist in that kind of thing. <laughs> but it's it's starting to be that like every song has already been written. Argument, you know what I mean? And everything is going to be a reference to something else. Sure, now, right? Sure. You know, and it's just like, but I'm I'm watching. But it's been this. proven that you can do that in ninety minutes. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just like, God damn it! I still have thirty minutes to go. You know. Uh, yeah, so we meet, or actually, sorry, not we meet, uh, we get into the car and there, there's this really cool, uh, shot where it's from the side view of Rose in her car Mm -hmm. and through her driver's side window, we see Holly's figure blurred Mm -hmm. kind of walking up to the car and then it just stops at the window and then you just see a head drop down <laughs> underneath and it's smiling. Beetlejuice. <laughs> and then we watch this. And I, I do love this part for clarification is the camera pans out to being from the house mm-hmm. and showing that there is nothing there mm-hmm. while she's having this meltdown. And it's her just being like, fuck, fuck, fucking fuck, fuck, fuck. Convulsing. <laughs> Losing her shit and everything. Because she knows. She knows that she's the only person that can see this. (laughs) Oh, I got Gotti. It's like Joe Gotti. (laughs) Gangsta. That's a (laughs) Bucci. That's a Bucci. So, yeah, we we have our... the kid yeah well actually we go uh, yeah the kid <laughs> yeah that, that's that's all that i wanted to say is it, like holly talked about in that exchange she's like you have traumatized my fucking son and like while she's having this freak out he's just like slack jawed staring out the window at her doing it and that guy like at, at her like losing her mind in the car and it was so Bury fucking funny sunshine. yeah 100 <laughs> percent. and we do get a cut to um basically like she it's nighttime she's at a shitty like burger hole having a shitty burger and yeah. it's like yes <laughs> yes the, the sound effects that they use were disgusting yeah, absolutely i will never be more apologetic of anything in my life than when i laughed and i'm going to bring up spongebob again where they make that joke about who the fuck wants a burger at 3 a.m and like Patrick, oh boy 3 a.m okay 3 a.m. burgers fucking slap, dude. Anybody that's ever been drunk or had a bad day and you just want a burger and it's 3 a.m., tell me that shit ain't the belch of Christ when it comes out. You know what I mean? Like, when you taste the day behind it. Yeah, dude. Walking into the next day, I'm fucking telling you. You got ketchup beard. <laughs> well, I can't grow a beard, so I... <laughs> So we move on to, she goes back to uh, Detective Joel Mm -hmm. and convinces him to let her have some time to speak to one of the only survivors of this chain that she has been able to find, right? Uh, Because there's like a little bit of nuance there, but not a lot Mm -hmm. of being explained, like how it kind of works. Yep. And she winds up talking to, um, I, I don't remember. Mr. Tally. Mr. Tally. Mm-hmm. Okay. I remember that because I was thinking like numerical tallies, like one, two, three, four. I was like, oh, it's Mr. Tally. That's great. Um, Mr. I, Mr. Tally. She's having this conversation with him. And I do want to mention that like when Joel was having the conversation with her in the car on the way over, he's like, I found 20 other suicides that were like this. So mm-hmm. it's like more numerous than we had initially thought, but also all of them died like within four to seven days. Yeah. And she's like, Oh shit, I'm on my fourth day. And so, um, 
she comes to that realization, and while she's having this conversation with Mr. Tally, Mr. Tally lets her know, like, from a key, a key plot point perspective, hey, you can kill this curse, right? You just have to kill somebody else. Which is such a weird flex, because he's like, yeah, it feeds on trauma. Right. And it's like, okay, so the trauma of someone killing themselves in front of you is what gives you the curse. Because you witness trauma. But if you murder somebody else there's no trauma there's no trauma from doing that it i guess the like the point was to make you succumb to your own trauma or something like that but like that doesn't make sense from like a um, that's like the shittiest circle jerk I've it, ever it's heard. it doesn't make sense from an, <laughs> the survivability of an infectious host that has the ability to make its own demands about how it exists you know <laughs> you know what i'm saying and like also like that doesn't make sense because right. they talk about in in this conversation with mr tally the fact that the chain has been actively broken before before so that so means it can how come does up. It, how does it come back? So you can't actually kill it, is what you're saying. I can just rid myself of it and pretend like it didn't happen and live the rest of my life relatively normally. Right. Like, is that, like that's my best case scenario right now. Yeah. So in that same vein, how does it even begin? So it's like, okay, if I killed myself in front of you right now, right. <laughs> like, right. would you just have it? And that's what I think the point of this whole movie was, was like the curse, for whatever reason, is like, the obviously meant to be like the literal manifestation of trauma but it's about like how we carry trauma from a day-to-day basis and how we often pass our trauma on to other people unintentionally when we're just trying to do something that we feel is best for ourselves i guess i'm trying really hard i know because i think in that same vein that's where they really miss the mark was like okay well i i just feel like if i you can't kill trauma. You just put a <laughs> smile on. Uh, like, right. That's yeah, yeah. the concept. Send in the clowns, baby. But, but it did. But it didn't <laughs> yeah. fucking hit. It, it didn't fucking land. <laughs> and so this is where we kind of have our like mission accepted moment, I guess. And mm. um, her whole thing is like, I can't kill somebody. And he's like, and she oh, like she, covers her mouth, yeah. like fuck. I just said that in front of my cop, right. not boyfriend, right? And he's like, oh, so you got the curse. So what you're gonna do is get the fuck out of my jail cell <laughs> right now. <laughs> you know? Yeah, he's freaking yeah. out just so security will pull him out of there. I would rather like, be in prison yeah. than have this shit again. You know what I mean? Or like, I've read about it in their habit period, whatever. Right. Who cares? Um, so the point being is like, it, it, it. She, she ends up back at her house for some reason. Um, Trevor is gone, and we, again, it's unclear if they broke up or if he's just at work or something yeah. because he never shows up. She again was like for the texting rest of the movie. him like outside of the was, house. Was she? Yeah, because okay. um, that's when I found out that it was Tra- his name was Trevor. Yeah, instead of Adrian. Yeah, I may have said Travis too for some reason. I don't know. Um, uh, Tra- Tra- anyway, <laughs> she and th- where my head was was she texted her therapist that mm. was kind of being a bitch to her earlier in the yeah. day and that kind of thing. I thought she was going to kill the therapist. I thought that that's yeah. what the plan was, right? Because um, so, there's part of us that are th- that is thinking like, okay, maybe she does kill somebody to end this. Sure, right. You know? And at this point, I'm looking at my watch again. You know, <laughs> and I'm just like, okay, yeah, it's about time. It's about time to hit the climax, right? Yeah. You know, um, it's ther- always time to climax. It's always time. Always time. <laughs> An hour and 55 minutes. God damn. You know. No, but like. God damn. <laughs> the therapist ends up coming over. I, what was her character's name again? Uh, Robin was the actress's name. Okay, was, I'm going to say Robin. Yeah. Okay, so Robin comes over and is like, look, I want to apologize for how I behaved yesterday and everything. She's like, no, it's cool. But like, I still have shit going on. So like, can we talk about this or whatever? Mm-hmm. And like the phone rings and the therapist is like, 
are you going to get that? Or (laughs) feels weird. If my phone rang during a therapy session, I would be like, no, I'm, I'm in therapy right now. I think that was the the giveaway in the situation too. Was her, because there is absolutely, I, I would like to think that there is not a therapist, at least in the U S that would be like, do you want to get your phone? While you're paying for all of this. Right, yeah, yeah. That's the move, though, isn't it? <laughs> as some people that give us... I'm hourly, don't worry. As somebody, yeah, as somebody that makes money uh, half an hour by half an hour for lessons, <laughs> when uh, somebody wants to tell a five-minute story, I absolutely let them tell that story. <laughs> I just get into 30 minutes, dog. I don't care if you learn anything or not. Anyway, the phone rings, and it's the therapist, the same therapist, um, like, hey, been trying to contact you all day long and everything seeing if you're okay i'm just trying to apologize for yesterday dun, 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 the dun. phone does the slowest phone drop like fall out of her hand and everything yeah, it you took know another I mean? five minutes yeah. <laughs> and the therapist has a smile on and we're like fuck okay so like at this point it's hard for me to tell and i guess that this is what the point was but like at this point it's hard for me to tell what's reality and what's not mm-hmm. so fair well played yeah. and that kind of thing but there's a lot of like, I guess <laughs> well because and when you tell stories like that there's a lot of redacting of things mm-hmm. that happens like I watch a scene happen and it didn't really happen now we gotta bring it back mm-hmm. anyway the therapist begins to show some like transformation elements like this is like in the form of like this is where the teeth get a little bit sharper the jaw juts out a little we bit more we hear more dialogue there's a little more dialogue there's the distorted like overtone mm-hmm. voice that's like dissonant harmonies with each other you know classic it wants you to Malachi right <laughs> the drool coming down and everything again starting to line up with Laura's story about like yeah. the drooling and the mucus and everything right um, so uh, Rose is trying to escape but the therapist demon <laughs> Um, <laughs> continues to pursue her and approaches her down the stairs and grabs her by the throat, slams her up against a shitty painting. Um, <laughs> They're and, all shitty yeah. paintings. <laughs> Drools a little bit, scene cut. Right. Right. Okay, so now she's going to the hospital. Mm-hmm. That was one of those moments where, no, nah, you don't do a hard cut there and just send somebody back out. You know what I mean? Right. I would have liked to have a little bit more explanation how she came out of that, escaped that, or whatever. Or honestly, I would have settled for just the therapist demon just disappearing right like just vanishing into thin air and give some sort of clout to this monster that we don't have any perspective on especially because you've used that as a vehicle to get to your next scene multiple times already yeah (laughs) (laughs) it seems like the easy thing to do um so now she's going to the hospital and at this point i'm like okay so who the fuck is she trying to kill like what's her target right yeah she brings the chef's knife and she walks, she sli- slides it into her thick ass, co- actually very similar to a jacket mm-hmm. that I'm wearing right now, uh, slides it into her forearm of her jacket. She walks into um, the hospital. And it's really funny, too, because she was carrying something in her right hand. I don't know what it was. But at first it looked like the knife. And I was like, yeah. who the fuck let her through this right. hospital carrying a knife? Uh, so then we meet up with Carl mm-hmm. again. She yeah. walks into Carl's room. Carl's still like coming off of like the last time I saw this woman, she assaulted me. Yeah, they, <laughs> you they know? were putting Ativan in his butt just to like <laughs> just to calm him down. Yeah, and she she's kind of hit this break point. It feels like in this scene where she's just like, "Shh, Carl, it's fine." Mm-hmm. Shh, and as she's like cornering him, Cal Penn. Shows up mm-hmm. in the door behind her is like, 
what the fuck are you doing, uh-huh. Rose? You're not supposed to be yeah. here today. Yeah. <laughs> Aren't you on leave? <laughs> so she yeah. pulls the, the knife out and just starts fucking stabbing Carl over and uh-huh. over and over again. They're both like looking at each other, screaming at each other. It's hilarious. She turns around and Cal Penn is also screaming <laughs> and that kind of thing. Then Cal Penn rips his face off and we're like, yeah. <laughs> we're like, okay, this is another one of those like cuck moments right yeah. and then we get back and she's still in her car outside of the hospital i will say carl or carl was at least like his face was augmenting oh, he, 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 he was, was like mocking her a little he, bit yeah, yeah he was doing the smile um i will say what i hated about that scene is that scene absolutely should have been practical effects yeah the cgi sucked and yep. like I'm someone who watches The Flash, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I am. I do know what you mean. <laughs> I, I, I am fine with cheesy CGI, yeah, yeah. but Damien Leone did this on a like I'm sorry, an eighth of the budget that this movie was made <laughs> and, on, and went primarily, if not exclusively, practical with it. You know, and that's what I'm yeah. saying. Like, I like the stabbing was awful. It was awful mm. to watch. Um, Watching so, this knife just disappear before it makes contact with the, you know. What not I mean? to mention this movie being two hours long. <laughs> this fuck, this fucking scene was a dream. <laughs> it was all a dream. That's exactly <laughs> what my point is. It, it just gets redacted, and that's what like I, I get building suspense and reaffirming the fact that mm. she is losing her fucking mind, you know, and everything. There is no reason to do it 12 fucking times. Yeah. And the, you know what I mean? Yeah. So now we're back in the car. Um, her boss It was is, still a dream. It was still a dream. <laughs> boss is outside. Hey, uh, you should still be, you should be at home right now. I would like you to come inside and talk with me for a little Cause bit. Because he sees uh, the knife mm-hmm. sitting in the car. We need to have a conversation as your boss and somebody who cares about you and that kind of thing. I want to, I want to assist you if I can. Uh, she's like, nope, psych. You know, whips it back around. We hear glass shatter, but there was into something. Yeah, but there was <laughs> yeah. nothing for her to hit. The only thing that, behi- that was behind her was a tree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Um, and she seems to have this sense of purpose about her now, right? Um, so she. Um, she has put all the pieces of the puzzle together. Yeah, she's like, okay, my options are either A, I kill myself in front of somebody, or B, I go kill myself in front of nobody, mm-hmm. or C, I murder somebody. Right, in front of me. <laughs> in, front, in, front, in front of me. <laughs> Which, so, weirdly, doesn't keep the chain going. But that's what my point is about this not making any fucking sense anyway. Um, so, like, I, I like to imagine, like, she, like, uh, drives off a cliff or whatever and dies and that kind of thing, but there's, like, a deer watching and the deer, like, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? The deer just starts killing itself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, Joel calls her while she's on the road and is, they they have an exchange and she, everything that you just said is what is said in the conversation and that kind of thing. Uh, it turns out she was driving to her old house. Right. Where she witnessed her mom's suicide Mm -hmm. or at least her body. Yeah, sure. Um, but she, her, her thing is like, I think I know this demon better than this demon knows its own mechanics. I'm going to go confront my fear and my trauma. (laughs) I too am stupid. (laughs) So... Um, yeah, so, uh, do you want to pick it up from here? Cause like, this is yeah, one of the, this I, is another one of those like really long takes. Where yeah, I'm going to, gr- I'm going to graze on this one. Cause yeah. the fact of the matter is, uh, she is clearly traumatized by a certain room, which is the room that her mother killed sure. herself in. Uh, she goes in, she meets, uh, the demon thing that has personified itself uh-huh. as her mother and they have like this very quick conversation. There's like that, apologizing, uh, yeah. but like, also blame and more manipulation. And it's like, fuck you, mom. Yeah. It's like, well, 
you could have called somebody. It's like, fuck you, mom. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ, man. Like, just like just fucking go. Just do it. So the demon winds up like turning into this. Um, I'm trying to think. It looks like a Resident Evil monster. Yep. Right? It's got like four or five fucking jaw lines. Mm-hmm. There, there's four or five sets of fucking teeth. It's about seven to eight feet tall mm-hmm. and just starts tearing through the house. Think like small Titan. Small skinny Titan. Yeah. Attack on Titan fans out there. Yeah, our AOT yeah, yeah. boys out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And girls. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and, it was probably a six meter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, but no, it was just like this dumbass, like, in concert. It, the... It fucked me up that this was another inconsequential scene. Cuck. Because yeah, absolutely. Because she winds up uh, setting the house on fire, setting the monster on fire. She goes back to Joel's, and for us, we were waiting on this to happen, but it was for a totally different reason. He's gonna get that nookie finally. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I did it all for the nookie. <laughs> But no, instead, the smile happens and we're like, yes, Mm -hmm. this is the end of the movie. Yeah, right. (laughs) So she leaves. (laughs) She leaves and she steps outside and she's in her front yard of her mom's old house. Yep. And it's like, okay, it got redacted again. Fuck y'all. The house is not on fire. (laughs) Joel is actually here. Mm -hmm. So she runs back to the house. She locks Joel out because she's trying to prevent him from coming inside because she knows that she's going to die. She's already accepted it at this point. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's like this just grotesque fucking scene of the demon while Joel is screaming outside. Uh, she finally drops her jaw. And I think that's like the point of the trauma. Right. Is there's a level where like you're and maybe this is a hot take. Maybe I'm completely wrong. Mm -hmm. I don't really fucking care. But there's a point where her jaw drops out of fear. Mm -hmm. And it's to the point where the demon can finally enter her. Yep. And she, he like opens her fucking mouth mm-hmm. and just enters her. By the way, he's still like a six meter titan. Yeah. At this point, <laughs> it's it's also like to me the symbolism of her being on her knees when this happened was yeah. supposed to be like submitting to the trauma. Right. You know what I mean? It, it, that kind of thing. I did pick up too in this sequence that you you remember how Laura was talking about how like I think I was more traumatized by just watching this movie. Probably. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> when Laura was talking about how sometimes it's people that I know, sometimes it's people that mm. I you know that kind of thing. Sometimes it's total strangers. Um, it's interesting to me that like I really got a clear shot of this in this one in mm-hmm. this sequence. Um, the reason she saw Joel in that dream sequence alternate reality bullshit is because he was outside. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just one of those things. Like, this is why, like, strangers are present in yeah. people's visions with this yeah. thing. is because sometimes it's just people that are nearby. Yeah. Right? Um, but, yeah, so it, it Big Mom, as I'm going to call her, <laughs> is... Um, is entering her and that kind of thing. Uh, she she steps outside again, I think, to like... Or no, she'd already gone back inside. No, she she has been inside. Uh, Joel has finally opened the door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he walks in and Rose is pouring gasoline mm-hmm. all over herself. Yep. And... I think I looked at you in this point. I was just like, God damn it, nothing's going to get resolved. The, is it? the fucked up part was like, we knew... When Joel was there, mm. what was going to happen? Mm. Like, they didn't write anything mm. well for yeah. this scene. It was just one of those, like... The- it was. It follows. It was from within. It was all of these, you know what I mean, relatively recent movies. But that- people want to talk about how well this movie did and the fact that it made $200 million. But, mm-hmm. like, 
that's that's actually how the movie ends is Joel witnesses her kill herself and the demon passes itself along you can't yeah. kill me you know what I mean it's just like I, I, I looked at the last hour and 55 minutes of my life and I just said god fucking damn it you know what I mean because it, it like movies like this that try to be uh, let me choose also, my words also by the way our, super... our, our kill count was two in case anybody was keeping track right. um, <laughs> and that's that's not a massive deal to me as much as it is that like this is one of those movies that dare I say tried too hard to take itself seriously or perhaps took itself too seriously I think that this movie needed a designated kill count because here's my thing is if you're gonna walk into this world and we're gonna touch the basis of what is reality and what is Mm -hmm. not there's no part of me that believes that she wouldn't have killed somebody in this story Whether Slipping be, into her own madness. Whether it be the first person mm-hmm. at the party, which if they made the movie shorter, it wouldn't have felt like it was too mm-hmm. early. Whether it was uh, Detective Joel. Mm-hmm. Something. Something to show that. And I know that they're like, oh, we want to keep the story going. Well, apparently the, the story keeps fucking going no matter what happens. Because everything that happens didn't happen and nothing actually happens. Also, right? is this only one entity? Mm-hmm. And because th- I don't right. believe that, because mm-hmm. trauma is happening across the world, literally. And that's what my thing is. That's like count to I... ten right now. Right. Thirty thousand people just killed themselves. Like mm-hmm. I, yeah. I, like I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, a hundred percent. And so, like, I guess for me, man, it's like I get that the point of this movie was to emphasize that trauma is something that you can't you can't kill it, you can't get rid of it, you can't shake it. It's always going to stay with you, and that kind of thing. But it's but it that's was, also a shitty message because it's it was. Not, it's it's not a matter of that it stays with you. It's a matter of that it controls you. Right. And I was yeah, like, yeah, that you can never escape it and that kind of thing. Yeah. Which is just like as like I know I don't have to explain to you what trauma <laughs> is like, and I know you don't have to explain it to me. Right. Yeah. I I watched my father die on yeah. his bed yeah. next to my mother and that kind of thing. You know what I mean? It's like. I gotcha on yeah. that, right? Okay, I'm still functioning. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't need a movie to tell me that everything's not okay. That I can't escape. Yeah, and so, like, that's kind of what my thing is. Is like, um, horror certainly has to have elements of, like, fear and dealing with uncomfortable subjects yeah, and things like absolutely. that. I totally get that. But, like, the, the message that I took from this movie was not one that made me feel remotely entertained yeah. by, by a piece of cinema. Yeah. And so it was just one of those, like, Whatever. <laughs> you know? Um, God, that really felt like final thoughts already. Because it was just one of those. So, we'll get into it. Uh, what would you rate this movie? I'm feeling like a four. Like a three and a half four. And I'm only going to go that high. Because I really do feel like the acting was spot on. Yeah. For, for the for the scripts that these actors were given. I think everybody killed it. Yeah. I think I'm definitely sitting on that solid four as Mm -hmm. well because uh, the cinematography was... The cinematography was actually so-so because, like I said earlier in the cast, like, I just felt like there... Well, there really were those scenes where it's like, why aren't you doing, like, a hard cut? It's Mm -hmm. like, why aren't you putting emphasis on... The movie is called Smile. Mm -hmm. Why are we not just cutting to a scene where it's just, like, intense smiling or whatever? Mm -hmm. Um, Instead, they chose to play lollipop at the end of the movie to, like, wrap it all up and that kind of thing. Which doesn't even make sense. I didn't get that. Um, The story was bad Mm -hmm. um, at the end of the day. Like, I just... There was no part of me that enjoyed it because it was just... 
I wanted it to be good. I really, sure. really did. And, and I, I can appreciate it for existing. Like, I don't mean to, like, be a dick and say it, it that exists. way. You know what I mean? I can appreciate <laughs> the fact that, like, somebody took their time to make this movie, write this, come up with this, and this is, like, somebody's brainchild and something mm-hmm. that they were very proud of and that kind of thing. I can respect it to that degree. Yeah. For me, this didn't land anywhere close to something that I would personally watch again. And I feel like if you have made it all the way to the end of this podcast, there's no reason for you to watch it either. <laughs> Um, we watched it so you didn't have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, and, and again, that's not that's not coming from a standpoint of like don't support actors, don't support directors and writers and that kind of thing. Fuck it. If you want to go for it, go for it. But I just I don't feel like there's anything to gain from this movie. You I know think what with I mean? all the hot fire that came out this year, this I, was the most disappointing aspect of all of it. I, I ended Terrifier too the first time that I watched it, genuinely feel, feeling like I have I had just finished watching one of my favorite movies of all time. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. That sacred moment where you see a movie and you wish you could go back and see it again for the first time, or you mm-hmm. hear a record and you wish you could go back and discover that band for the first time, and those feelings. And here I, I am feeling. not wanting to watch this a second exactly. time. Exactly. I would absolutely you know, not watch no. this movie again. Nope. So it, I, I yeah. wouldn't recommend it to a friend. Yeah. Like, and it's funny too, because like so many people recommended this movie to me, uh, naturally because you know, when a high profile horror movie comes out, <laughs> people yeah. are like, Oh my God, have you seen it yet? Text I'm like, John. <laughs> yeah. Right. And it was just one of those things where it was like, no, I haven't watched it yet. Cause to me, it didn't look that enticing, which apparently I was fucking right. Yep. And I'm never right about anything good. <laughs> <laughs> It's so, a weird superpower. <laughs> dude, I'm, I'm fucking telling you. I'll get into more of that on Patreon. Yeah, <laughs> dude. But it was it was just wild to me that so many people were like, yeah, it's so good because it's a possession movie without possession. And I'm like, I watched it and I was like, no, it's not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. because yeah. again, I'm not convinced that the demon is anything more than a manifestation of our own fear. Like yeah. our own trauma and that kind of thing. And like, I get that that sounds cool and sexy and concept and that kind of thing. But it's like, there have been movies that have done this better though. Yeah. That, that's kind of what my, I guess like closing thought for me was just like, there are alternatives to this. that tell If you were listening to this right now, go watch From With It. Yeah. Because that was a better movie mm-hmm. with a better premise and a solid story. Yep. And it was probably my favorite five. I think I actually gave that movie like a six. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And it was my favorite five or six that I've ever watched. Yep. You know, and yeah, I just don't know how much more I can talk about Smile Man. Because like, <laughs> it, it, it was just, it was trite. It was egregious. It was unnecessary. And like. And I'm sorry for dunking on this is if this is a movie that y'all have don't watched. Don't worry, none just, of the like, actors are going to listen to this. That, well, that's fine. But like, if this is a movie that y'all have seen and genuinely enjoyed and that kind of thing, I'm not trying to tear it apart for the sake of like making something that I dislike look bad. You know yeah, what I mean? But it's yeah, just yeah. like, it's just kind of where I'm coming from. With Again, this walking into this, I wanted to love it. Sure. I, I, it's not even that I had high expectations. I just wanted to love this movie. Because mm-hmm. um, the... Uh, uh, advertising for it was awesome. They mm-hmm. had people that were just showing up at like ballparks and like these crazy places, mm-hmm. and it was just a person that would stand there and smile yeah. for an hour. Mm-hmm. That's genius. Mm-hmm. That's fucking genius. And I think it pulled a lot of people in. And I think the uh, going cap- back to like why it made so much money, kind of right. I think of, yeah, it, sure. between that between the advertising and uh, when you look at uh, the cast that was a part of this. It's like, yeah, it makes sense that this made so much money, but in the same vein, it's like, okay, well, you look at The Exorcist, right? Mm -hmm. And part of their marketing ploy, because by the way, guys, there was a time before social media, Mm -hmm. they would have, their their marketing team would pay ambulances to sit out front of theaters because of all the clout that they had Mm -hmm. made to surround it of like, 
what is now the terror fire where it's like people are throwing up and having seizures mm-hmm. and all this crazy shit. Mm-hmm. But they made something surround the movie. Correct. Whether it be true or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that was really cool about that. And this just fell so fucking flat. Yep. You know? Yeah, and that's that's kind of my thing. And it's like, I get, like, again, I don't mean to continue harping on this. Like, I, I appreciate horror for being a genre that's, like, designed to make people uncomfortable and that kind of thing. Yeah. I just was never uncomfortable or, like, suspended by this movie. I or was more uncomfortable in Barbarian when he's sucking teddy milk yeah, than, yeah. than I was for like anything that happened in this yeah, movie. Yeah, it, it just it didn't it didn't ever hit. It mm-hmm. didn't ever I was waiting for that big right hook to come in yeah. eventually, you know, it, it never happened. It's like ludicrous with the big fucking fists and his <laughs> and I hit him in the jaw. You remember that time <laughs> Mystical fought a bear? <laughs> <laughs> Well, honestly, guys, I think that wraps it up. Uh, thank you guys so much again for joining us on another edition of Under the Floorboards, where it creaks, it cracks, and we laugh at the creatures that go bump in the night. <laughs>